This other guy, he definitely will know more than me. But I promise you, he won't give you the effort and the care that you need if you really care about your business the way that I care about my business. Welcome to the Get Wired Podcast, presented by CED Vero Beach. Join us as we make new connections, share our outlooks on business as well as life, and provide a new look at the wholesale electrical supply industry from the inside out. This is the Get Wired Podcast. Here's your host, Mike Burkhart. Okay, actually, I know why. It's because I used to work in a call center, and they would like micro every single thing like hey your pitch was different here you talked a little too fast here so every time i hear it i just automatically think this would probably be a 78 79 call oh they'd score it yeah was it immediately afterwards or was it uh out of 100 calls they pick a random one. Oh wow yeah somehow it was always like that one customer that you're just like yeah okay mr williams i'm pulling up your account <laughs> one moment and you're just sitting there, and you know which one it is. So you're like, oh, I know she's going to say this and that. But it worked out pretty well. Yeah. They, they probably monitor, like, words per minute and all that stuff, right? Like, how many words you say? Yep. Uh, well, welcome to the Get Wire Podcast. Uh, listeners, thank you for sticking with us. It's been uh, since May of last year since uh, since we've done one of these. So, uh, yeah, we wanted to get in on Jason's last day at CDV Vero Beach. So we decided to do the uh, exit interview portion of his training program for the first year live on the air well live in person will be recorded we'll put it on the air once they edit out all the confidential stuff i'm sure <laughs> can't give away all the secrets can't do that you know um so i wanted to start with an acknowledgement because i think that uh it's been a, a pretty crazy year for uh just anybody in in america and in the world in 2020 definitely and um it's definitely a challenging year to be a trainee in the training program because we brought you on board promising like hey you're gonna travel all the time you're gonna get to go all these places you're gonna be on the road once a month going to like chicago and boston and san francisco and those are some of the greatest memories that i've had in this company and made friends that i still talk to every day some of which have been on the show and um i where where all did you get to go because it happened pretty quickly in march of 2020 when um, so I got to go to a lot of places. I started in uh, August, last year of August. Well, not last year of August. I guess that was 2019. And um, I went to, ago. yeah, so long ago. Uh, I was able to go to Texas. I went to Virginia. Um, I was able to go to uh, Cozumel due to a trade show, uh, which was super cool because that's one of the only places that I've been out of the country besides China. Um, when I was in my middle school days, and that was my first cruise also. So that was a super cool experience. Uh, met a lot of people, really understood what it meant to be part of a network and mix, you know, business with pleasure. And somehow you avoided the uh, the classic trainee pitfall on the cruise of the Sexiest Man Alive competition, which, <laughs> which yes. not yes. all of our trainees in this group seem to get escape. <laughs> Um, I was I was definitely thankful that I was somehow avoided. I diverted the uh, attention very strategically, so yeah, was happy about that. I got stuck on that on my first cruise. I walked up to the uh, the the, uh, the main area where you come out of the elevators, whatever, mm. just to get a cell phone signal, and they were like, "Hey, we need one more person." I looked around, and I was like the only one around, and I was like, <laughs> "Right now." Like, yeah, come on, let's go. And I was like, okay. And there was nobody around. And of course, as soon as we started the music and everything, the whole place just completely filled up and it was super embarrassing. Like, oh, yeah. 
But I didn't win too. That's the worst part. If you're gonna do it, you uh, might as well, might as well yeah. win. Um, but um, yeah, I think that that you handled it particularly well. We threw a lot at you. Uh, we had a lot of personnel issues at CED Vero Beach, and um, I just want to say thank you for stepping up to the plate and helping us get through. Because I don't know that we would have been in the same situation at the end of the year and moving into this year had you been a different trainee or had you just said, oh, this is too much or whatever. So I just want to say thank you for sticking through with it and seeing it through. Of course, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I think that, like you said, it was a very unique opportunity. Um, <laughs> I pushed myself to limits. I definitely didn't see myself even having. Um, so I think that, you know, a lot, a lot of different great speakers talk about how you never really know your limits until you push it. And I think that sometimes... You know, it's the same way. We talk about weightlifting a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, if your personal bench is, let's say, 200 pounds, that's all you know. That's all you can wrap your head around. But there's something about having an extra person right next to you that you know that if it's too heavy, they can catch it and they can say, hey, man, you got this. Now you're ready to try 225, 230, 235. And that's how I felt in Vero Beach. I feel like I had that extra spot. I had that extra person to be those words of encouragement when I possibly couldn't have done it on my own pure will. And I think that's what made it such a great combination. Yeah, it really is the the team, you know, and I think we've got something really special here right now. A lot of momentum, a lot of synergy with the people we do have. Um, and we're constantly, you know, I have an interview tomorrow at 3.30. So I mean, we're constantly always looking to add more talented people that, that get the message and get the culture and the, you know, ready to lay it all out there on the line every single day because that's, um, I think I said this in our training meeting when we brought a new trainee on board last week for a second year position. Um, he asked, uh, what are what are the expectations? And do you remember what I said? Uh, just be ready to, you know, react. Every day is different and, you know, you just have to be ready to fire on all cylinders. Yeah, I think the exact words were everything you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you are not lying because yeah. every day is everything you got and a little bit more. And I, I would never ask anybody to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. So yes. I'm going to give everything I've got as well, whether I'm working remotely, whether I'm here, whether I'm out on the road or whatever. It's um, I'm thinking about this place 24-7. So um yeah, so go, talking about culture, uh, we, how would you describe the culture of CED that you're, you're aware of? And then we'll get into like the CEDs you actually worked in, at spe specifically CED Vero Beach. Um, so, yeah, okay, so that's a really good question. I think that, one, to start off, culture is a very critical part of where you work. Um, besides the manager, that's pretty much the top reasons that somebody would quit a job. Um, is either they don't like the boss, they don't like the culture, they don't like the hours. So making sure that you have those three, you know, pivotal pieces down pat really makes for a good environment and it just has good synergy. I think that in Vero Beach, this is something unlike I've ever seen before. If I had to compare it to something, I would compare it to the serving industry. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> and <laughs> I say that because, you know, if if you guys are servers and you guys all get tipped out according to how much everyone makes, if you walk past someone's table and maybe they didn't get water, they didn't get a menu, you're going to step in and help that person. Now, if this is a situation where everyone has their own tips, they're going to say, hey, man, that sucks. <laughs> they might even go past them and say, hey, 
if you need another server next time, I'm your guy. <laughs> Here's my card. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that, you know, it's just awesome here, the the culture that you've created to where everybody is helping everybody. There's no, this is my job, that's your job. It's all about the bigger picture because they know that if everyone works together, March is going to be that much greater. And it's, uh, it's I, th I think it's particularly hard to sell people that are, are new to the to the company that haven't experienced the culture of profit sharing and all that. But um, we've got a really good group of just people that want to be here every day, you know, for the most part. And um, it's it's rare. You know, I thought yes. uh, I, I thought it would be I thought it'd be even more challenging than it has been. Um, so that's that. I would say that's the good. And now going to the the bad of CD Real Beach. Like, what are some areas where you're like, oh, this this could really use some improvement, or um, this could be done differently to be, you know, taken to the next level, or just removing some of the the negatives that could be existing here. Mm. It's not a trick question. You can answer honestly. <laughs> this is on the record. Yeah. Uh, I would say. If I really had to pick something, because obviously I can't, you know, say people care too much here. Yeah. That's the easy way out. They just work too hard, damn. <laughs> I would say probably um, the only bad thing, especially with somebody like me coming straight out of college, or even if you're not out of college, coming from, you know, any kind of job, you go through an orientation period, they lay out very clear and detailed, this is what you do every day, this is what is expected from you. If you can't, you know handle the situation, refer back to page 255 on <laughs> subsection eight, you know, paragraph three, and it'll tell you exactly what to do in this situation. And I think that sometimes people are a little shell-shocked when they get here because it's like, you know, we test you and we really give you full authority to say, hey, we think that this is the position that you're going to do and we think you can do it. Just, you know, if you fail, get back up. If you succeed, Hold your head high and don't, you know, ride that high, but just continue to build on those little wins. And I think that when I first got here, you know, myself, I wanted that structure of, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. Yeah. But I think that since I didn't, it was either you adapt or you adapt. There's no other <laughs> options that you have. Um, and I think it makes you grow not only as a better employee, but as a person. And so, I mean, training something that I think about a lot. I think it's ironic that uh, we have had such good luck with trainees here, and they've all been really good, um, and we continue to get more of them. Yet, I feel like training is probably the, the biggest weak spot of this location. Um, in terms of, like, a structured, formalized, here's the way to do it. Um, way, you know, it's more just like, oh, you're new? Cool. Like, get to work. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you don't know what yeah. to do? Well, well, just follow that guy around. And uh, he just started a month ago, and he's going to be training you. And then <laughs> three weeks from now, you'll be training the next person that comes in on how to do the job. So, um, and then like, I, I think, like, water finds its level, you know? So if you pour water into any vessel, it's going to find its own level in, inside of that vessel. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to do is just find good people, put them in situations Oftentimes, situations that they are uncomfortable in and then see what they gravitate towards and uh, what they're best suited for, um, regardless of what positions I necessarily need, I'll just go hire that position again and, you know, keep moving people up until that everyone's kind of at their right position, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's something else that you do that definitely is not by design or by intention 
but you experiment a lot. Um, you experiment a lot and you dream big. And I think that those are two invaluable things that you can't teach in an instruction manual. That's not something <laughs> that you can teach in a how-to video. It's taking real situations, whether it be a pandemic, whether it be personal personnel issues, whether it be inventory shortages, it's adapting on the fly. This is what we're going to do. How are we going to do it? And then if it doesn't work out, hey, it didn't work out, but this is what we're going to do now. And I think that something like that is not easily taught and it's not easily learned. Um, so be to be able to do both is, you know, very, very good and very beneficial. Do you think it's the uncertainty that people are afraid to lean in on? Like, you think it's that? Because, like, I know that there's situations that we've come across, especially in the last year. I'm sure anybody listening to this who's involved in any sort of business in America felt this. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. And sometimes you can't even see the road just in front of you, you know. Um, but you can't stand still either. You got you to gotta keep moving forward, whether there's, there's, there's just a, a haze or... I think I've told this story before. I, I can't remember if I told it to you, but when I was driving in, um, my brother brought his friends over and I was still living in Jordan, Amman, Jordan. And we went to Petra, which is like a three hour drive from the big city. It's that place in Indiana Jones where you crawl through the cavern at the end, you mm, see like the, yeah. the, the temple out of sandstone. Mm -hmm. It's just like that, except there's, that's it. There's nothing behind it. So <laughs> it's really cool. But on the way there, we got caught in this sandstorm and it was the darkest. It was like the color of your shirt red. Like you just couldn't see 10, 20, 30 feet in front of you. Oh, man. And, but we couldn't just sit there either. You know, we couldn't just sit there and wait and hopefully, like, who knows how long this thing's going to last. And I figured everybody else just pulled over. So we just kept driving. <laughs> <laughs> and you could see a 10 feet in front of you and then 10 feet in front of you and then 10 feet in front of you. And I didn't need to see a kilometer ahead of me like you normally could to to be able to navigate and keep moving forward. Um, I think that's, that's where a lot of people would just freeze up and possibly just pull it aside of the road and, and wait it out or or whatever you know um mm -hmm. and, and 2020 felt a lot like that sandstorm uh to me you know cue the cue the da rude soundtrack pump that in later um <laughs> yeah i think uh and then there's just a lot of work that had to be done you know like and so if we could talk a little bit about work ethic and um I think you had a really strong work ethic coming into this program and then maybe where you where you feel like you've developed that leaving uh, Vero for the first year. Just talk to my work ethic? Yeah, like what was your opinion coming in? Like where did you think you were at? Like scale of 1 to 10? Um, so when I came in, I would say that I thought I was definitely a, a 10. <laughs> I, I think we we talked a little so bit modest, about ladies and gentlemen yeah you know I, I i thought i was running it i'm like oh i'm gonna take this over training program i'll be done within seven months easy yeah, yeah two and a half years come on <laughs> have you met me exactly <laughs> but um I, I think what it is is that you know they tell you about how pcs are different and you take it with a grain of salt so, you know, when I was over there, it was a lot more industrial. So we were doing all PVC. We were doing breakers. We were doing, um, you know, controls, wires. So I was like, okay, cool. Just those four things, piece of cake. I get here and we're immediately doing wafers and down lights. And I'm just like, what are you saying? Is this English? Are we still talking the same language? And that was a very humbling experience. Um, and had it been the same pace as Tampa... 
then maybe I would have been okay. But it was not only the product knowledge, but now the pace is a lot faster. Mm. Um, the phones are ringing a lot more. We don't have dedicated spots. Like I said, everyone's job is everyone's job. So you're at the counter, you're pulling orders, you're answering phone calls, um, and it really pushes you. So, you know, I think that I've always had a very good work ethic, um, just in my personal life, just in school. Um, I've never been a person to necessarily say, oh, well, you know, this is going to be too hard, or hey, you know, maybe I can't do it. Um, I, I remember a specific scenario in college. I was a business major, and you had to split up into either finance or accounting or whatever the case was. Accounting was... A very good major, but I, I felt it was a little too tedious, so I kind of steered away from it and went finance. But in those, you know, make or break classes, there were basically exams where the majority of the class wouldn't do that well, and the next one was, hey, either you pass this or you have to change your major. There's no mm. in between. Um, and I remember out of my ten friends, it was me and this other guy that made it through all those classes and were able to continue to be finance majors. And I remember a lot of the time, you know, it would look very bad. Like, I'm telling you, I would have to get like a 96 on a quiz. And my highest was like an 83. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. I have no other choice. And when you say those things out loud and you tell it to yourself, you develop this new capacity to step up to that challenge. And I kind of had to do the same thing here. Um, and I think that, you know, it was getting the product knowledge, and then answering the phone calls, helping at the counter, and then personnel issues came in, and I had to be the back office person for longer than I was supposed to. Not only being that person, but learning it as I was supposed to be taught by someone else, and really just bumping my head time and time and time and time and time after again, until eventually... I kind of felt like at least I know what I'm getting wrong. Now I know what questions to answer yeah. and ask. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I would just say, you know, it's just believing in yourself and just knowing that no matter what, you got to give 100% every day. Yeah, I think you took the whole uh, learn, do, teach approach to the back office to uh, level 13 out of 10. Like <laughs> most, most trainees, first year, the back office, they know it's coming. They know it's going to be two to three weeks or whatever and yeah the whole time they're like yeah that's great but i'm gonna answer this phone i'm gonna go help that customer pretty much yeah. anything you can do to get out of not doing that position exactly to the extent at which that we've often talked about like sending the trainee to a neighboring store for two or three weeks that you're completely out of your element and that's all you're going to be doing there you're not answering the phones you don't know anybody at the counter um but here there's nowhere to hide. Like everybody sees the, what's going on in the whole downstairs area. And, um, you know, so on top of having to learn how to do all this stuff, you also had to answer the phones and help customers, uh, much to the chagrin and the irritation of the person doing the job at the time teaching you. Cause she was like, no, you need to focus and learn this. And you were like, yeah, but the phone's ringing and no one's going to answer it unless I do it. You know, the guy standing at the counter for more than 45 seconds, I got to go do that. Like, yep. and, that's just real. It's like, it's, it's just real life where it's not this, this fake training program, you know, Truman show scenario where, <laughs> where everything's perfect. It's like, you have to learn this really quick in these short snippets and then go do everything else and then come back and pick up right where you left off. And, uh, and then you did that job for months 
and then we we had to train somebody who didn't work out wasn't a good fit culturally and then we ended up promoting somebody from within that's been in my opinion pretty amazing at it yeah he's yeah. definitely killing it um that's another person that you know we kind of uh you know spoke about and that's a person that to you you already knew it from the start you're like hey this is going to be the guy this is how it's going to work no worries and i'm kind of like hey okay mike you know <laughs> maybe we can check you know indeed linkedin see what's going on um but that's definitely somebody that i fully have to admit stepped up to the plate um definitely increased the capacity that i thought that he would have for that kind of position because it's a very stressful position um i think besides just the fact of the paperwork side you have to talk about the same um, intangible, I wouldn't say stress, but I would, I guess stress is a good word, that comes with a position like that and a trainee. So let me explain that a little bit. Um, on the trainee side, when you come into a new location, most people think, oh, you know, you don't want to pal around with the people too much and, you know, you kind of want to walk this fine line, but you're not a manager but you're also not an employee. So that puts you on your own island of who you are as an individual and what you bring to this PC. So you're constantly battling with, okay, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. I'm trying to, you know, prepare myself to be a manager, you know, on the selfish side. And then there's also the selfless side of, hey, you know, these people are taking their time to teach me and pour into me. I want to help them, whatever the case is. Even if I'm in X phase, I should still be helping with warehouse. Or I should still be helping with the phones or, you know, checking in material. So, you know, with the back office, that's a very time consuming, very tedious, you know, crossing the I's, down the T's, making sure counting dollars are perfect. Sometimes you may not be able to hop up at the counter or, you know, answer a phone call. And sometimes that may rub off on the employees the other way. And they think, oh, I guess he's too good to answer phone calls or he, you know, can't do this and can't do that. So you really have to have thick skin and have to have your mind focused on what it is that you want to gain out of the situation you're in. And I think that both of us had to do that in different ways. I think it's it's very easy for trainees to come in and, and they get a schedule put in front of them. And we go over the schedule of like, here's where you're going to be month three, month four, month six, whatever. And then when they're at month eight and they're like, why am I doing something that's in month four or five, yep. you know, and <laughs> I'm past that. I don't cut wire anymore or whatever. And I've seen this, I've seen this from a couple of people and usually I can have the conversation pretty quickly with somebody and, and kind of cut this off because you never really get out of those. Like you're learning blocks on top of each other and you're not just putting blocks side by side that you're never going back to the original one. You always have to be able to go back to the most basic thing of checking things in or cutting wire and, and pulling pipe and because I'm not training somebody to be a really good trainee. I'm training somebody to be a really good manager that is capable of leading individuals, you know, into, mm -hmm. into some pretty tricky situations and especially taking over your first location, uh, you know, a year, year and a half from now, or you have to earn the right for people to, to want to work for you and to respect you. And oftentimes the way to do that is to outwork everybody, you yeah. know, and show them, that you are willing to do everything at least once, you know, but th so that they know that you can do it if they, for some reason, don't come in or, you know, decide to go somewhere else or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big part of it. So a year into this, um, year and four months, five months into it, 
What's the one skill that you think you still need to obtain or develop? Like, and you have, you have, you know, a year and a half to figure this out and as a trainee and then a lifetime as a manager. So I would say one thing that I can, uh, definitely learn to work on besides product knowledge, because I, I think that that's something that you always have to focus on and continually develop. Um, I would say just, um, a higher level of patience on all playing fields. Okay. A higher level of patience with myself, with, you know, being more knowledgeable with the products, being able to, you know, talk differently with the customers and recommend different things and grow my base and, you know, keep my numbers up and sell more items. Also more patience with the employees um, to be able to understand, you know, I may see somebody and say, oh, they're so grumpy all the time. You know, why Why are they so grumpy? What's going on? Nobody here. Yeah, yeah, nobody here. Nobody yeah, here, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, why are they so grumpy? And then, you know, you ask him and he's like, well, I've been checking in and checking out boxes since the time that I got here until the time that I leave. And I couldn't even take a lunch break. And then he comes in and, you know, maybe he sees somebody that's playing on their phone or, you know, people are taking long lunches, whatever the case is. You just have to remember that there's always a perspective that you might not particularly be thinking of at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I would say patience is a is a huge thing because we've talked about it a lot, whether it's, you know, monetary or me talking about health goals or physical goals, it always just comes down to why are you trying to rush it right now? <laughs> yeah. You're so young. You have so much ahead of you. You know, just take it day by day and enjoy the now. Don't look so much towards the future. Yeah, I think um, I think that, uh, you know, Gary Vee talks a lot about having macro patience and, yes. and micro speed. So going really fast on the day to day pushing forward every day in all aspects of your life. And then, but on the macro zooming out and saying like, yeah, this, even though I'm going hard every single day, this could still take a while. Yep. You know, this, um, CED Vero Beach was not built in, in a night or in a month or whatever. It's the, it's the culmination of, geez, me going on nine years in one market of showing up every day. And, and honestly, like this place, and most businesses like where you're, you have a, like a retail store or whatever, and, and, a similar model and customers and it is like an experiment going back to something you said earlier like i can come in here and be like well we could do everything exactly the same as last year and probably get similar results mm. or we could just take the pin out of this grenade right here and toss it over here and see what <laughs> happens you know and um one thing i'm always battling is like i get bored pretty easily mm. and that's where a lot of the experimentation will come from and success can be really boring like, like being, being good at something and, and learning it once you get to that point suddenly becomes like just what you do every day, you know, and mm -hmm. this happens a lot where people will get to a certain level and then they will go try to do 10 other things because they just get bored doing what they're doing when, and then the things that they try to do end up degrading the success that got them there in the first place, you know? So I'm trying to always battle that personally so i think the patience aspect of like you know this is a marathon it's not a sprint you know exactly but what is it what is patience like what does that mean like where is that going to get you and why is it important um just wanted to go back to boredom which 
being bored with success is a very good problem. Just <laughs> so to all the it's, listeners, it's a those are problem. the problems that you want. When people <laughs> say there's always going to be problems. That's what you want. Or, you know, yeah. oh, I have too much money in this account. I got to switch <laughs> this other one. Those are what we aim for. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think that patience. I just have too much opportunity, man. It's just, it's <laughs> too, too much. <laughs> too much. One man can never have this much. But, um. I would say that, you know, patience is just going to take me to the next level. Like I said, in all areas of my life, um, it'll obviously raise my, uh, you know, level of content with where I am, with where I want to be. Um, and when you're content with yourself, that radiates to other people. People mm-hmm. feel a different energy when you walk in the room, when you, you know, you are just a positive person and you just think of things, you know, in the best possible light. You don't have to, you know, necessarily be a care bear and everything is sparkles and rainbows, but you know, you don't want to um, see everything with the glass half empty. You know, you always want to see the opportunity in something or the positive in something. Every negative has a positive, I believe. Yeah. And you don't want to be Pollyannish about it. And that's something my grandmother told me. I had to go look up who Pollyanna was, but she was this person that like, no matter what the situation was, like, oh, there's a hurricane. Yeah, at least we want to water the plants outside for a while. You know, like, <laughs> like there's a, there's a line where it becomes, like, too much and it's very annoying to be around. But um, yes. sometimes we talk a lot about uh, problems equal opportunities. Um, so in some ways, says, hey, I got a problem. I'm immediately thinking, like, cool, what's the opportunity that's about to come up here? You know, or, um, you know, the whole Jocko good thing that we've always talked about. Yep. and um happened today somebody sent me something on a text like hey this might take three or four runs up to the customer to get all these generators there i just wrote that's good like that's a great problem to have you know great problems (laughs) to have oh they bought one hundred and seventy three thousand dollars worth of generators that's a good problem like let's take all day and do that all day and show them that we're willing to go up there four or five times a day so um and I don't know. You can take any situation that somebody brings to you and says like, oh, hey, Jason, we got this problem with this customer. You should instantly be thinking, you know, cool, like, great. Like, this is what I'm here for. You know, yeah. like, like, call me the problem solver, the, <laughs> the opportunity finder. It's the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe in the law of attraction? Yes. I you strongly, do. I believe in it so much to the point that... Um, you know, I believe strongly in affirmations. Okay. Um, I believe in your words being very powerful. When you speak something into the universe, um, it can definitely, you know, turn out that way. So I try to keep my thoughts as pure as possible, my words as pure as possible. Hmm. And when I don't believe in things, um, you know, or don't think that I can do anything, I never, I never say it out of my mouth. I say, I have not found the way to do X yet. So self-talk's really important. Super, super important. Um, It's funny enough, I actually, last month, I was, you know, cleaning out some things because I'm about to go into the next phase and I'm moving uh, out of my, you know, current apartment. And I came across a journal that I had in college. Hmm. And it was kind of a journal that I was going through that uh, accounting phase, those weed out classes, and that stress was... (laughs) Something like I have never experienced since then. Like I was doubting myself. My sleep schedule was crazy. I was sleeping in the library, um, you know, just trying to give it all I had. And I remember I put, I will get a 3.0. I will become a finance major and I will have five plus job offers when I graduate. I wrote that 120 times Wow. in my journal. And I found that and it was just nuts that, (laughs) 
I had more than five job offers. I had a 3.1 coming out, and I was a finance major. And, you know, it's so sad because sometimes we'll put so much stake and so much pressure into a goal, and you get it, and you're like, wow, that was cool. Yeah. What's what's next? What's, what's for lunch? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's just that yeah. fleeting thing, and yeah. it dials back to the patience thing of, you know, why why are you so eager to get to this destination? It should just be a journey. You shouldn't focus on yeah. what's at the end of it. You should focus on who you're becoming, the people that you meet, the experiences that you, you know, go through, and the skills that you learn as you get to that destination. Yeah, I think. Um... I think you're one of those people that can attract things to them, uh, including last night when you walked out and found a whole set of golf clubs. <laughs> That's yes. a crazy story. Like, and then it just always seems like you you have this way of like just getting things that you need to come into your life at the time that you need it. So like whether it's furniture and I happen to be moving and you're moving in and it's like the pieces you need are the pieces I'm getting rid of and it's like, boom, that's a perfect fit and same thing with other people at the location. Um, you're getting into golf as I'm getting into like the next like set of clubs. So I'm replacing certain things and moving on. And like, it's perfect timing, you know? Um, and I think that that is a lot of, a lot of people would just say, Oh, that's dumb luck or it's a, it's a coincidence. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think it's really just more that you're, you're able to put that energy out there and notice that, you know, there is an abundance of everything in the universe. So like people that think of things in a very small fixed way, uh, and, and think about the scarcity, guess what? They're going to get a lot of scarcity. Exactly. Know? I think you're more tuned to the abundance. Like there's more out there than I could ever use. And, and I have enough to share with everybody aspect. And therefore when you look around, that's all you see is like, there's so much extra stuff and, um, you know, and you pay it forward too. So yeah, it's important. I agree. And I was going to say, um, even with me moving here, I remember you helped me a lot with you know different places to look at and options I could take and to the outside eye it almost seems as though I was just lazy you know people would say oh we're gonna move oh I don't know don't you move next Friday yeah I do but you know I'll figure it out <laughs> what do you mean you'll figure it out well I'm just gonna drive to you know Vero Beach look around and hopefully I find something and it was in that time period somewhere around there I'm not too sure on the date but I realized that there's no point in stressing over things that you can't control and that was something I couldn't control I kept looking for different places they were out of my budget or they were 55 and up communities um, because Vero Beach is a huge retirement town there's a lot of 55 and um, up. yes a lot of 55 and up or very expensive vacational homes so you know I just kind of said hey it's going to work itself out the way it is. Um, I'm just going to have my three apps that I'm looking at. Uh, we're not going to name those because we haven't worked out that sponsorship deal. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I had three different uh, <laughs> shall not be named apps to uh, look at for apartments. And sure enough, on the as I got here, um, I was looking at a property. I didn't like it at all. I got a notification and said, hey, this unit just became available um, and as I called that agent, she said, oh man, we actually have three people looking at it. I'm like, you just posted it. She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's crazy here. And I was like, hold it. And I went over there, we signed all the paperwork, everything worked out perfect. And then I looked up how far I was going to be away from my job. And it was seven minutes away from my job. Yeah. And things like that are what I'm saying. You know, I could have been like, well, let me look at it and let me see, you know, how far it is and can I afford this and, you know, this and that. By the time I called her, it would have been gone. Hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, you just have to, 
you have to be confident in yourself. You have to not be afraid of taking risks. Yeah. And you just can't look back. Yeah, it's a funny story about the golf clubs. He thought that I gave them to him because, but they just happened to be next to his car. <laughs> and I thought I lived close to work until you texted me that picture when you got home of the clubs, and I was like not even halfway home yet. And I was like, <laughs> oh, he really does live like right around the corner. Um, but it's 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 pretty funny. Now you have a full set of golf clubs. All you need is a golf bag, which I'm sure you'll find like walking down the street today or something. <laughs> I was going to say, with my luck that I've been having, I wouldn't even buy it. I'd just be waiting and somehow it's in my new apartment complex. So. Yeah, you should just walk up to the course it. with all your clubs and some guy will be throwing his bag away at just that moment. <laughs> Never playing golf again. <laughs> um, so that that is patience being a skill because I do believe that that's something that you can obtain and develop over time. Yes. Um, what would be an attribute that you already have that's innate to you that you want to let loose or explore in the next year and a half. So skills are things that you can you can learn anything. You can learn to play badminton, you can learn woodworking, you can learn CED net skills, but attributes are things that I can't teach you. You right. know, like the, you, I can bring them out in you, I can give you opportunities to explore them, but there has to be something inside of you as a person that is uh, has those things programmed into your DNA. And you're just asking, what would I like to do with that? Like, yeah, like what's towards... what's an attribute that you have that you want to let loose or explore more in the next year and a half or so before you, before it's for real, you know, as a manager. Um, does leadership count? Leadership is an attribute. Yeah. Okay, so but, I would say, go ahead. But leadership is something that you can't give yourself. Other people give it to you. Um, you can't call yourself a leader. Other people can call you a leader. Right. Just like you can't say like, oh, I'm so handsome or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you can, but you know, you might not have many friends. Right. Um, let's see. Well, well, what's yours? How about that? And then that'll give me some time to figure out. Um, well, I think a good attribute for me is uh, like I have the ability innately to focus on on certain things and. Uh, focus can be a skill, but I think, I think in general, the ability to like drop into flow states really quickly is more of an attribute. Um, and that's something that I'm trying to really focus on this year in particular is finding myself in states of deep flow on a regular basis, uh, by, by blocking out time mm. to do that. Um, so by scheduling it and still doing work, but just working on different parameters than I normally would do. So that I can drop into flow states and also have time to think. That's a terrible answer, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard, right? When you think about it. Yeah, I guess an attribute that I would have that I need to explore more deeply would be um, like I have the ability to have empathy. It's mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. I just turn it off most days. So I'm gonna go with that as a as an official answer. Because the more I think about it, I could teach somebody flow states and and teach them how to be more present and meditate and all that stuff. But empathy is something that um, a lot of some people just straight up don't have, like sociopaths and psychopaths, and other people have too much of, and they mm -hmm. cry during the commercials and stuff like <laughs> that. You know, like, like oh, we gotta save the puppies. It's like, yeah, okay, that commercial is 18 years old. Those puppies are dead anyways. <laughs> yeah, but, <exactly>. but <laughs> they had a good life. Uh, so I think empathy and certainly like the ability to to kind of like when I'm sitting here talking to you, I want to be sitting here talking to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, and be thinking about what it's like to be a trainee in 2021, going from their first phase to their second phase uh, in South Florida. Like I, I want to think about that and feel it, and like not just have it be like a surface level thing. You know, right. um, 
because I, I never moved as a trainee. So that's an experience that I never had. Um, and then I also uh, didn't do it in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> going to like a bigger city where, yes. where the, it presents its own issues. And certainly Miami, spoiler alert, um, it presents its own issues. Um, Yes, I am going to Miami. Uh, that will you're be taking your talents to South Beach. Is that is that what you're saying? Taking my talents to South Beach, man. You know how do we uh, not work that in sooner? <laughs> you know, D Way retired and he said he wants to hand off the keys, and I said, "Hey, man, I, I got you." You know, I I got you. Yeah, um, keys to the arena. But it's funny because we were talking about law of attraction, and this is something that was law of attraction. When I first got here, I told the other trainee that used to be here, David, who's now in St. Pete. Um, he was like, hey, you know, where do you want to go for your next phase? And I was like, uh, somewhere in Miami. He's like, dude, Miami's huge. I was like, just Miami. Anywhere in Miami. I'm not crazy, you know, yeah. I'm not crazy particular on where it is. Just somewhere in that South uh, Florida area or maybe even West Palm. And how I initially got offered the position is I, I was going to stay here. And something in me was just like, well, you know, this is kind of what you wanted. You know, you should at least speak on it and say why you believe that you want to go to South Florida and, you know, long story short, I got that opportunity. And I think that, you know, me just thinking of something and just continually Miami down south, it just brought itself up. Hmm. Um, and I think that that was just even more evidence that the way that you think, even if you don't say it out loud to anybody else, but me saying that that one time to David brought itself to fruition. Yeah, I heard one time that saying things out loud is... I think I can't remember if he said seventy or seven per seven times more likely that you'll see it occur than just thinking it over and over again, um, and that's why I think it's important to have goals and share your goals and uh, write them down every day. I think that's that's awesome that you had the journal in college and the the wherewithal to do that. Uh, I hope you don't lose that because especially in outside sales, it's very important because um, it can be it can be. What did we say the other day? It's it's a it's a one thing quote, Gary Keller. One thing quote: um, having goals teaches you to be appropriate in the moment. Yes. So if when you don't have a goal, every moment you could just be doing whatever, going in any direction. When you do have a goal uh, or a vision for the future, even better, um, you know exactly where you, what you should be doing at every moment when you find yourself between tasks. Like, mm -hmm. what's appropriate in this moment that's taking me a direction forward into these goals? You know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why we mesh so well. Um, we talk a lot about, and I think I would attribute it also to Vero Beach because I love Vero Beach. Uh, you know, it has a lot of beaches and it has great food and it has beaches and, you know, there's great people here and there's beaches, but there's really just the beach to go to oh, yeah. in Vero Beach. So, you know, you really have to keep yourself active. And, you know, I talked about the law of attraction and, you know, Thank goodness that I met you because you got me into meditating and really trying to dial down on who you want to be and what you want to get out of life. And uh, I guess a goal board that I keep with me every day is actually my wallpaper, which I'm showing to you right now, um, which just has a few things on here. Basically, um, it's, you know, I want to be able to have rental property. I want to be investing in stocks. I want my credit to be amazing. Um, I want to travel a lot. I want to have a undisclosed amount of money in my business account. And then I just want to have, you know, a uh, weekend car, which is a supercar. And it doesn't necessarily have to be those things, but it just keeps me in the mindset of 
why I'm waking up every day and I'm pushing myself to my limit. And, you know, it it's really making me want to do the things that I don't want to do every day so that I can enjoy the things that I want later in life because I know I deserve them now. Hmm. Because when I work out, you know, in the mornings before work at 5 a.m., I don't have to do that. Um, I don't have to take cold showers like you introduced me to. I don't have to meditate. I don't have to eat super healthy, but I know that all of these different things are building up my resiliency and building up, you know, my character. And it's just pushing me that much closer to my goals that I want to achieve. Did you start all those at one time or did you stack them? Um, what do you mean? Just the, like the, my... the waking up early, the, the cold showers, the meditating. All oh, that. no, no. I had a stack that. <laughs> if I started that on the same day, one it day. would have been one day in and one day out. Yeah. Um, I would say that I started the law of attraction. Definitely. That was the earliest thing. Okay. Um, I used to listen to audiobooks. My mom was a real estate agent for about 20 years. My dad's been selling cars since he was in his mid twenties. Okay. Um, so they were huge on, you know, affirmation statements, law of attraction, positivity books. And then when I got here, I would say I learned meditation. I learned, you know, I had to wake up early and work out because I didn't want to do it after work. Cold showers, really just training your body to be productive even when you don't want it to be. Um, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, not letting stress overwhelm you. You just have to channel it somewhere else. Because if you think of your body as a vessel, then, you know, it may get overfilled. But what you want to do is before it gets overfilled, you pour a little bit of that, you know, liquid into another container and then pour it into another container. And that's kind of what I do with meditation, with working out, with writing out my thoughts. It allows it to leave my body and now I can make more room for positivity and you know, just other good things that I need to have. And that's not something that comes very easily. Um, you know, you have to, something that's so cheesy that I do almost every week, at least every week, but I listen to, uh, you know, at least an hour of Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher, or I listen to Tony Robbins, or I listen to some kind of motivational speaker that retrains my mind where I might be saying, oh, you know, I had a tough week. And then they're talking about how they were homeless from 18 to 19. And I'm having a tough week because, you know, I couldn't, I don't know, go to Orlando to party with my friends. You know, just super trivial things that make you realize how ungrateful you can be for the life that you live. It's all about perspective, right? I think uh, knowing that there are people out there that are doing things that are that are even more wild and crazy than, than we're doing here is and like zooming out a little bit is what really allows you to push through those really hard days and be like, you know, I, I talk about this sometimes in, um, uh, it's the, what do I call it? The, the museum of the mind and, and there's like different wings of it. And I have like a Gary V wing and like a Tony Robbins wing and like a Tom Billy wing of this place. And I can go in there and just, just put on that mindset for a little bit of like, Hey, am I in a situation that is, is worse than like, hell week in the navy seals probably not probably not probably not <laughs> is this cold shower as cold as the water in the middle of winter and you know when the waves are crashing over them during surf torture during hell week like probably not <laughs> they have doctors there making sure their core temperature isn't dropping that far i live in florida and the water is like 70 degrees and i'm shivering like come on yeah <laughs> but it also is a good thing that you completely control right off the bat in your day to 
um, to do something hard from the from the moment you get up, so that things then they come up throughout the rest of the day are just more like, yeah, well, I I've already chosen to to do these terrible things to myself in the morning. This customer wanted me to go cut, you know, three times 290 feet of two isn't that that much more challenging than what I've already put myself through. Yeah, um, exactly. I've already sweat. I've already cooled off. I've already taken some space and time to myself, and I'm ready to come here and be present and to, you know, I think at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're challenging yourself, but you're also filling your own cup up so that you're able to pour from it for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I cannot encourage people to do enough is to take time for yourself to take time to make sure that you're taking care of you know protecting the asset and the asset is you yep. you know i was just having this conversation with another manager that's working a, a ton of hours and and their new store and they're seeing the rewards from it i always just get concerned that they're not protecting the asset and the asset is their mind their body their spirituality um whatever that means to you as an individual but just making sure that you take the time and build the time into your schedule to you know, fill your own cup so that you can pour the excess into other people's that may need it. Because you never know. Never know. You never really know when somebody's going to reach out and, and really need something and you have to be ready to give it, give it all right there, you know? Yeah, law of attraction, that's something that, it's kind of woo-woo, right? Like some people, <laughs> some people just, oh, law of attraction is bullshit. Yeah. But maybe it is, maybe it's, maybe it's not. But I think that you, when you think about things that you want, what it does is it allows you to to start noticing when you're on the right track to getting there. Exactly. Um, and it works with vehicles and houses and and all that stuff, like in just everyday life. Like when when somebody, I was talking to another manager, um, she, she just mentioned that she bought a new vehicle. And so for like a week, she was telling me how great this vehicle is, how great this vehicle is. And all of a sudden, I started seeing Toyota Highlanders everywhere. <laughs> everywhere yeah. and like i don't even want one and i'm just like oh there's one. Oh, there's one yeah and when i bought my car i started seeing nissan rogues all over the place and like like waving at them like oh we have the same <laughs> car you know but a week before that i never noticed that there were six at this intersection or, or something like that and um and and it works with opportunity it works with like when you're in outside sales hustle mode now all of a sudden you'll be noticing every work van that drives by with an electrical signal on it you know or mm-hmm an EC number and a phone number, you know, you'll be, cause it's, it's part of your awareness and it's part of your, your own vibration that you're giving off. And so you'll see it out in the wild when it's vibrating back towards you. Yeah, I agree. And actually, um, I just thought of my attribute. I don't know I was if gonna it counts say, or not. You were trying to get away from that <laughs> and I wasn't going to let you, I wrote it down. So I have my uh, Google up over here and I think I'm going to go with honesty. Okay. Does that count? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to say honesty because I feel that salesmen have a almost like a bad perception. You know, if I think used car salesman, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Uh, well, somebody pops into my mind first, if I'm if I'm being honest, uh, because I know somebody that wasn't a used car salesman before I met them, and for some reason I can't get that out of my head. But uh, I would say like... Um, you know, they're trying to hide, they're trying to show you the parts of the car that aren't dented. Uh, they don't really want you to test drive it over 45 miles an hour because it starts shaking. Um, <laughs> they're just going to say whatever they got to say for you to close that one deal because they're probably never going to see you again. So, exactly. Like a sleazy, classic sleazy, one off, cheesy, like um, used car salesperson. Yeah. And like I said, my dad was a used car salesman, still is. So, shout out to all the car salesmen. <laughs> There's no hate towards you guys. Yeah. Um, but, 
I think that, you know, they have that negative, uh, you know, perception and that's just sales in general. And I feel that, especially in our industry, product knowledge is so tough to just say, I know everything. You, you can't really know everything unless you've been in here for a very long time. So something I kind of want to go crazy with is just being honest, like, hey, man, you know, I might not know exactly what that is, but I promise you one thing, I will find an answer for you by the end of whatever it is. Or just, you know, that tremendous follow-up, that tremendous, I care about your problem. I'm going to find the solution. I will be your guy. This other guy, he definitely will know more than me, but I promise you, he won't give you the effort and the care that you need if you really care about your business the way that I care about my business. Mm. And I think that, you know, sometimes we get so caught up on products. Um, you know, the reason that people buy Apple over Microsoft, you know, iPhones versus Samsungs or whatever the case is, it's not because of the actual product. Because if you take its specs alone, that Apple is far, far um, you know, inferior to the Samsung. There's so many things you can do. There's so much, uh, you know, open accessibility. But what it is, is Apple makes people feel a certain way. Apple has that relation where, you know, you start off with the iPhone and now you have an iWatch and now you have AirPods and now the AirPods talk to the MacBook and now you just feel like I'm in this whole, you know, ecosystem of Apple um, and file share. Yeah, that's and file share. Get you. yeah, exactly. And you know that that's the thing. You know that's that's everything that people want. They just want to feel something different. They want to feel something authentic. They want to feel like they have a relationship with whatever it is that they're working with. So if I can be that difference, where you know this person's meeting with this vendor and he knows how that's going to go, and he's dealing with his employees and they're telling him whatever he wants to hear, I'll come in and, you know, we'll have a very honest conversation. He'll lay out his expectations or she will lay out her expectations and I'll deliver on that. And I think that relationships are how you become successful. It will never be the product. Well, and this business is very different from a used car salesperson because it'd be like selling them a used car five or six days a week. You know, like you, yeah. you, they better be a good car because that person's going to come back the next day and the next day and the next day and they're going to tell their friends and they're they're going to send their employees to buy cars from you mm-hmm. five days a week, 250 days a year. And uh, I think you, they have to have a great experience at every single touch point, you know, yeah. and that, that's why they say it takes, you know, seven to 11 sales calls to break an account because um, it takes seven good experiences and every one of them has to be a good, valuable experience. Mm-hmm. That's built on top of the last one uh, before you even get an opportunity to quote and quote and quote and quote until you can try get the get the habit down of them coming to you for just the regular stuff. You got to earn the right to do that. And um, I think honesty is a great attribute to to let loose and to explore as a salesperson. I think it'd be a breath of fresh air in the Miami market for sure. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Put it lightly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they. Used car salespeople in Miami. I mean, that's a really rough market. <laughs> but um, I, I think that I remember specifically, I think I've shared this story with you before, but I have a customer that um, I messed something up on a couple years ago and he asked about it. And I thought about s- blaming somebody else or, or saying that it wasn't my fault or yada, 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 like pushing it, like just not taking responsibility for it. I thought about it for like half an hour because it was a big issue. Like we were two weeks behind and... Mm. You know, it was a long lead time, and I was just like, I will just never live this down, and I want to work with this person for as long as I'm here. They're like a top account. They could remain a top account for the next 10 years if I do this right, Yep. and I could ruin all that over this one stupid order. And so I just said, 
hey, I messed this up. I didn't order it. I never hit send on that email. I see it in my op in my I see the PO. I see the draft of it. It never left my outbox. To be honest, I don't know what happened. I'm gonna order this right now. I'm gonna ask him to rush it. I'm gonna fly it on the next day air. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get it here. I'm really, really sorry. It'll never happen again. It's probably happened three or four times since then. But um <laughs> <laughs> but uh going back to the focus thing. But he wrote back, ha, an honest person in electrical supply. Hard to find. Yeah. And I do a ton of business with this guy more than I ever have since that conversation. And I something I was so nervous about, like his response, because, um, you know, he can kind of be a little rough sometimes. He, he just he appreciated the honesty and it was such a rarity in that moment that he was just like, you know, it's good to know that I can count on them. And he's never, ever questioned anything I say ever since. Like if I say it this way, it's because it is that way, you yep. know, and, and, I'm, and that's the integrity part of it for us as, as salespeople and partners in their business to to uphold that responsibility of, of um, maintaining that integrity. But yeah, it's really, it's a really hard thing to do. It's a big responsibility and um, something you have to work at every day because especially right now, it's really easy to blame COVID. It's really easy oh, to blame yeah. the vendors. It's really easy <laughs> to blame UPS. Um, you know, it's just, it's almost too easy. And, and for somebody to step up and take ownership and say, no, that's my fault. I didn't do it. Or I didn't know enough about that. And I ordered the wrong thing. Um, or I didn't read your text closely enough or your email closely enough. And I assumed it was this, like, that's, that's a big, big thing that you can really take to your skill set and attributes, attribute set and, uh, let loose and explore. So I'm glad you came back to that. That was good. Thank you. I think that all touches on something that I wrote down here for the notes. Um, I wrote it's G A S F. You ever heard that acronym? I have not. I was trying to decipher that as you were saying it. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 the give a shit factor. Ah. So, and that's something that is an attribute, a factor that is inherent to people. And I can pretty much tell that either in an interview or in the first hour I sit and talk to somebody is like, is this person just looking for a paycheck and something to do for the next six months until something better comes along, or are they gonna dive in, dig in deep, and give it everything they got, and are they gonna care? You know, deep down, are they going to look across the counter and see another human being or see somebody that's just taking up their time before their lunch break? Exactly. Uh, when they're on the phone, same thing. You know, are they going to are they going to realize that it's a human on the other end of the phone or the other end of the email? Sometimes it's so easy to forget that, man, that there's another person on the other end of this thing that has feelings and a family and wants to go home too and doesn't want to go home feeling like they let somebody down or screwed something up and... uh you know, it's it's that caring factor about other humans that um, can often get lost in this industry too, especially over time. I agree. A lot of people get jaded over time in this industry, and and not just in the industry, in life. <laughs> in it's, life yeah. it's very easy to get in that routine of you know you're just going through the motions every day. That's why even you know with this goal board that I had on my wallpaper, I switch that up every so often. Maybe I'll switch up my workouts every, you know, one month to two months. You got to keep it fresh. You have to keep challenging your body. Otherwise, you're just, you know, when when you work out, you're tearing muscles, essentially, that get bigger mm -hmm. as they regrow. If you keep tearing the same muscles and you're not applying more pressure, eventually you're not going to tear those muscles and you're not gaining more muscle and you're staying the same. Mm. It's the same exact thing in life. You have to continually adapt if you want to become a better person because, if you keep doing what you've always done, you always get what you've always got.
Wow, I think that is not my quote. I think uh, I wish I could take credit for it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, words to live by. You know, I spend a lot of time over the New Year's Christmas break, especially this year when we're not traveling, of just thinking about who I want to be in the next year. And I realized that in order to do that, I have to tear down the old me, parts of the old me, certainly, anyways, habits and traits of the old me to get to that next level. Otherwise, I'm not, I shouldn't be surprised if I end up in the exact same place I'm in a year from now. And exactly. if I haven't changed the inputs, why would I expect the outputs to be changed? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good place to wrap up. Anything you want to add? Any words to, how about this? How about give us some advice to somebody who just joined CED or is listening to this because they're considering joining CED and whether it be about the training program or just in general, um, some final advice for you mm. before we wrap um final advice i would say um just be ready to work and just believe in yourself um i think that if you believe in yourself everything will work itself out Hmm. Um, product knowledge getting along with customers getting along with employees finding your way as long as you at the end of the day know that you can do it you may just not know it now but you can work towards it and you can develop a plan anything will be able to you know work out here and then that carries along to your personal life and outside of just you know working out maybe it's in relationships you know maybe you are scared to you know talk to that girl or to that guy and you just have to you know say what's the worst that could happen yeah they say no that's it but it will never be anything if you never ask if you never put yourself out there so i would say put yourself out there be ready to do the work and don't be afraid of the results when it comes out how you want it because you took action. There's always another at bat tomorrow, you know? Yeah, exactly. Except for you, though, because you're not going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> not in <so>. zero. <laughs> well, we appreciate everything you've done here, man. We couldn't have had the amazing 2020 uh, we had on paper had you not been here. And I think everyone downstairs certainly appreciates it. And we're going to miss you, man. So best of luck to you in Miami. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Get Wired podcast. Uh, We'll get somebody in here and do this again very shortly.